You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Hi, this is Jules. I am so excited about this new show called Happiness Learned, featuring Dr. Sarah Sparwart, that I wanted to do the introduction myself because Dr. Sarah is so well known for her compassionate-based practice. She infuses mindfulness not only with moment-to-moment awareness, but includes the vital emotions of happiness, serenity, contentment, and love. Here's Dr. Sarah. Hi. Welcome to my first episode of Many More to Come. Uh, The title of this show is Happiness Learned. Um, And I'm Dr. Sarah Spowart bringing this to you today. I titled it Happiness Learned because it's also the name of my business. And there's there's a phrase called learned helplessness. And I thought, well, how great would it be if we had something that focused on learning happiness because we don't really like officially learn that in school or in our families or growing up it just kind of you know whatever you see around you reacting to that and kind of going with what we think we're supposed to be doing to be happy or what we imagine but what if we actually learned how to be happy happy what if it was a learnable skill just like how we learn everything And I don't mean from the academic, um, logical, mind-centered approach, but what if it was the kind of thing that you could learn in a very practical way? So I have created a process that's always evolving and growing, um, and I want to give you a taste of it today. Uh, and also tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, my backstory is long and complicated, but um, uh, essentially, to give you a summary, uh, I have my own private uh, mental health therapy practice today. I work both remotely and in person, and it's in Florida. Um, I also have a coaching practice where I have clients from all over the world in the country, United States, um, and I work with them uh, on different things, but I guess to summarize, you could really call it happiness coaching. Um, I'm also a writer. Uh, I just published my first book called You Are Love, The Discovery of Happiness, And I also um, am publishing my first textbook called The Handbook for Global Mental Health through Cognella Publishing. And I've published over the years a variety of things um, of many topics uh, in textbooks, like different chapters in textbooks and articles. Um, ranging from different types of issues with violence, sexual violence, um, child abuse, um, happiness, well-being, mental health. Uh, And I've also published uh, a lot of things for different development agencies and nonprofits uh, for um, public health, global health initiatives to help people with food and and water and sanitation and those sorts of things, um, abuse. So, um, yeah, so I've also written, uh, I'm also a teacher. I've, um, 
been teaching a variety of different topics from mindfulness to Homeland Security um, since 2012 for many different universities. And one of my favorite things to teach is global health, humanitarian uh, projects, global mental health, and psychology. Um, I also have created courses and, and uh, anyways, so there's that. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions on that, feel free to reach out to me. Um, you know, overall, who am I? I'm someone that wants to bring more love and kindness, uh, into the world and more of an understanding of us all caring about each other more, uh, more of a humanitarian holistic approach. Um, and not just because it's good for the world, but we feel better too. We're happier too. There's more and more research that backs this up as well. And when we're kind and loving to others, when we're giving to others, we feel better. So it's actually a part of our own happiness. Um, so I try to focus on compassion and happiness in everything I do. My work is very compassion oriented. And I also try to live on a moment-to-moment basis. I, um, I've done a lot of mindfulness work in the past. Uh, and I've been very, very blessed to work with some really amazing teachers. Just so incredible. I'll be forever thankful for their teachings. Um, and some people that are bigger names, actually, with their retreats in person, like Eckhart Tolle and Thich Nhat Hanh. Again, I'll be forever thankful for their teachings. Um, And it's helped me to learn to be living in a moment to moment type of reality, you know, and why does that matter? Well, it actually matters a lot. Uh, I find that presence and being in the, in the present moment is emphasized quite often, but people don't really understand why they don't really know, like, what's the point of this? Or I don't like my life. Why would I want to be present for it? You know, they want to be distracted from their life. But there's there's a whole bunch of reasons for why it's good and why it's actually essential for our happiness that I will go into as the show progresses. Um, but let's just start off with saying when we are aware and present, it helps to interrupt cycles and loops that maybe we've gotten stuck in that we don't even realize. So loops of negativity, loops of um, sadness, anger, whatever it is, anxiety, it brings awareness. And the identification and awareness interrupts that energy flow, it interrupts those patterns. So we actually help ourselves quite a bit to feel better when we just bring awareness and identification in a detached way, not an obsessive attached way, but just be like, oh, I see this. Oh, I see my anger. Huh. I didn't realize I was reacting so much to it. And we realize we are not anger. We are not angry. We are having the experience of anger. And so it helps to separate us from that negativity, which is a crucial part of mindfulness, but it's, it's a very important part of happiness. And I'll go into more of this and why. This is not also just about identifying the negative. Um, there's a lot more to build from there. 
So beyond this, uh, it also really helps because it helps you to be focused and aware of your intuition, your feelings and intention. Um, So to start off with today, what I really want to focus on today is the practice of intention. I'm sure you've heard intention setting before. I imagine you have, but for today or this week or this month, if there is something you could experience, like a energy you want to shift to or type of life you'd rather have or something you're wanting, I mean, whatever it is, what is what would you say your intention is for today? So I just want to give you a moment to reflect on that. So aside from attention setting, so this is part of happiness. It's, it's kind of like a ship with a rudder. It's like, okay, where are we going? <laughs> you don't know where you're going. The ship kind of just floats around and maybe it goes to a cool place, but it can also feel very disempowering. So setting an intention is sort of like saying, yeah, I'm participating here. I I want to feel and experience certain things. Um, another aspect of happiness I want to mention is coming from a place of service. So when we see that others are not separate from ourselves, and we're all in different spaces with this. So if you have any level of narcissism or things of that nature, it can actually be pretty tough to understand that there's more than just you. And I have great compassion for this. And some people that have some narcissism and don't realize it, they, they might think, well, I'm always thinking about others, but really they're thinking of themselves as a victim of others, like a severe victim constantly. So it's very self-centered. Um, so it's like, let's say, it's it's instead of just seeing like the main point of everything being you like a little dot seeing the bigger picture almost like our bird's eye view if you can bring yourself up a bit and see you're all interconnected or i'm at least seeing yourself in someone else seeing yourself in anything else besides just yourself is very important for happiness um I know our society sometimes thinks the best way to be happy is to get everything you want. There's different even theories on happiness that support this. But I promise you, it being all about you is a really good way to be unhappy. (laughs) Although being all about others and worried about others is another good way to be unhappy. But what I recommend, um, in addition to intention is to try to focus on seeing a bigger picture of yourself and others. So there is a quote I really like. Uh, It's, you are me and I am you. I see you in me and I see myself in you. How can their separation be? Only the center I is there. So some people think, isn't that like the codependent mantra? No, it's not. It's what it is. It's about seeing all of our interconnectedness and seeing on a very deep level um, something that is 
more than just you. Seeing yourself in the other is really very powerful. Um, okay, so going back to the intention setting, um, I want you to check in right now with what intention you'd like to set for when you're listening to today and what you'd want to kind of practice taking away from this. Is it having more money? Is it to have better health, better relationships, to be happy? Um, Be not confused (laughs) to just know what it is that you want to think about. Um, So I want you now to take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Another deep breath in through your nose. Now through your mouth. I want you to close your eyes and just take a moment to go within. I want you to just notice now for a few moments, whatever it is you have the intention you'd like more of, let's say it's money or health, I want you to just notice how you feel about it right now and give you a few moments in silence, knowing you're just observing, you're not doing anything, you're just noticing. Okay, so what did you notice? Was there fear, anger, sadness, hurt? What did you notice when you, like anxiety, when you focused in on what you are wanting? Okay, so now I'm going to bring up an image for you guys to look at that I think will be helpful. Okay. So Within this image, I just want you to notice where you were when you thought about the thing that you want. So there's a blue zone, which is the uplifting feelings, the green zone, which is more in the middle, or the red zone, which are the destructive emotions, and they tend to get us stuck. Um, My guess is probably a lot of you were in the red zone, maybe not, but it tends to be where a lot of people hang out. Okay. So another way of putting it is, did you feel light and happy when you thought about what you want? 
do you feel kind of like, eh? Did you feel like, oh, very stressed about it? So the heavier feelings are the red, the more neutral, but more positive than red is green. And then feeling good is blue. And those are the lightest. Okay. So I want you to think about how much you think maybe you were in the red zone for those feelings. And these words here are just pointers for the experience. Things like anger, fear, sadness, helplessness. So when it comes to getting what we want, or you could say manifesting, creating it in our life, how we feel is really powerful. And I don't mean how we feel about the end goal, but actually how we feel right now about it our relationship to that thing. Like I imagine, for example, and I see this with different couples. This might sound funny, but I think it's a good tangible example. Imagine you are dating someone and you really, really want to get married and you keep getting mad at them and fighting with them and putting them down because they're not proposing to you. Is that going to inspire them to want to marry you? Maybe, but you're putting a lot of red zone emotions there, a lot of negativity But instead, if you just focus on the love, focus on the positivity, you're probably more likely to get where you want to go. And also you're going to feel better. (laughs) You're going to feel a lot happier. So our emotions are very powerful because they are energy. And this energy creates motion and direction in our life. So kind of like how I said the intention on the ship, it's like the rudder, or the, you know, points the, the course, but our emotions, it's like the fuel or the wind in a sail ship, it, it moves us. So if you don't know how you feel, because this is something I also come across with people where they're like, well, I don't know what I feel. It's okay. It's all about practice. Um, our society tends to be pretty logically focused. So the more we become aware of our feelings and and feel it's okay to have emotions, the more it will help us. Um, okay, so when you take a moment and think about again, notice what you felt. Was it red, green, or blue? about the thing you're wanting. Okay, so, and then what I want to challenge you with is, let's say you're wanting more money. And you, when I did this exercise with you, you felt like you're in debt and so you're, you're feeling depressed or angry or scared or something like that. Well, we are all on some level a bit programmed to believe, you know, if I have a certain thing going on, that means X or Y I have to experience. Well, does it? Um, maybe being in debt is the best thing that could ever happen to you. Maybe it's going to inspire you to think of new ideas and take a whole other approach to your life that will lead to a lot of positive, really amazing things and growth. We don't know, (laughs) but if we decide, okay, I'm in debt, I need to feel depressed or it means I need to work harder and make more money and save more and cut down more. I need to be hard on myself. Well, it doesn't feel good. It's not very 
uplifting. It's kind of more red zone emotions. It's heavy. It's kind of constrictive. So what I'm saying is whatever your ideas are about this thing you want, are they your ideas or maybe they came from somewhere? And maybe they're your ideas and maybe they're, you know, heavy, but maybe we can challenge those ideas. Maybe your debt could be the most inspirational thing. Uh, Maybe it could help you to let go, could be the most freeing thing. And you're just like, whatever, I don't care anymore. I'm going to do a bunch of new things and try stuff I never tried. And maybe it would be freeing. So what I'm saying is when we have some level of detachment and we look at things as a witness and we question them, we can sort of shift and choose, hmm, how do I want to handle this? Instead of being the experience of the thing that we're struggling with, we can be like, I am not that thing. I'm observing that thing. What angle do I want to take this from? And that's not to say you're not suffering. And that debt, for example, in this example, is challenging. It's to say, though, you have more power over how you feel than you probably have been led to believe or you realize. Okay. So on that note, I want to look higher up. So I want you to think, what do you want to feel about this thing that you want? So let's say when you did the exercise, you felt stressed about debt. Do you want to feel inspiration? Do you want to feel enthusiasm? Do you want to feel appear in green zone challenge? Is this an opportunity for cooperation and making like networking? What do you want to feel about it? Not in terms of the outcome of when the debt's paid off, but how you want to feel about it right now. So let's say you have debt and you want to feel that peace or in harmony about it, or even a sense of inspiration. Like this is going to be an interesting challenge. And sometimes it's hard to do that, to to even go there, but you know, sometimes it helps to imagine you're talking about someone else, but I challenge you to try to think, okay, I'm going to look at this debt as a challenge and a chance to be inspired, a chance to feel at peace with what's going on around me. Um, I'm going to see this differently. And just this process alone can go against some things that are comfortable for us. So we can be afraid to let go of negative or painful emotions, sometimes because it's familiar, we're really well practiced from our neural pathways. Um, so you have a mindset that's hard to let go of, well, I just need to pay off the debt and then I'll feel better. It's sort of counterintuitive. What I'm saying here is, is <laughs> this is sort of counter counter everything as if saying, okay, there's debt. I must feel bad, work really hard. And then I will feel happy. Finally, I'm saying, no, why not? I'm saying, yeah, of course, work off the debt if you want, but bigger picture, what about feeling better now? What if actually you're more likely to pay the debt off by feeling good now? What about seeing the debt is not something that is you, but 
just something you're experiencing? What about deciding, you know what? I love myself so much. I'm going to find a way to be happy now in spite of what's happening. So it's reworking patterns. So we're also reworking habits and sometimes automatic or even programmed ways of handling things. All right, so I want you to take a moment now. Think about the thing you're wanting to change and look at the blue zone or some green zone emotions. Like a menu where you're ordering something. What do you want? I'll give you a moment. Okay, so... Assuming you guys picked out what it is, let's say we're taking the example of debt and you are wanting to experience more generosity because you're feeling a lack. So how can you do that? How can you create that experience of generosity in yourself where you don't feel like there's the lack? You can do something like donate 50 cents to someone else. It's not very much, but hey, it's 50 cents. And that can help to shift that perspective that you are, you know, this debt-ridden person. Um, You could also be generosity of time. You could give your time to someone. You can give love, generosity of kindness, maybe patience when you're not feeling patient. Um, generosity means giving you're, you're giving more than you think you have. Sometimes it's the opposite of thinking there's lack. Okay. So the point of this, the big picture point is shifting from this victim mindset or another way of putting it is this mindset of things happening to you that are painful and bad to more of a giver mindset, or you could say a mindset where you have things come from you. You're like your own little source giving. So the reason why this is empowering is because a giver in theory always has more than enough and they can find a way to give what is needed. Um, And the thing is too, is what we give, we have to somehow generate in ourselves, even in a small way. So for example, like Let's say you're wanting to be loved, like you feel like you you know you don't feel connected, you don't feel loved, feeling alone. Well, sometimes if you want to be loved, sometimes you have to generate that love in yourself first. So let's say you could take the example if you have a pet, be loving towards your pet, and then that generation of love, you are creating love in yourself that flows out from you to your pet. So you're actually learning how to generate it in yourself and then it comes through you. And by coming through you, you start experiencing it too. And then you attract more of that into your life. It's actually sometimes by giving that we create and shift the dynamics of attraction. All right. So this is all for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any questions, you know, totally reach out to me. Um, hope I gave you something to reflect on and have a little more insight. And I look forward to seeing you on the next show. Okay. Bye. Have a really wonderful week.
For more information or to contact Dr. Sarah, please visit www.drsaraspowart.com. That's Dr. Sarah Spowart.com. See you next week.